You are listening to King Jesus Radio, the official podcast of New Living Way Church. Well, good evening, everyone. Welcome to Bible study. (laughs) Amen. I just had to make sure the microphone was on and make sure we're all set up on there. I almost forgot. I was like, that light's going to be blinking. We're going to be over here. You're going to see us. You're going to have to put words to our mouths, just like those those old TV shows and stuff like that. (laughs) Captions, different things like that. Well, praise God. Thank you guys for joining us for Bible study tonight. We're glad you can be here with us today. And uh, we're looking forward to the word of the Lord this night and what the Lord has and just knowing that our God is so faithful. Amen. He is. He's good and faithful. Yes, he is. We're just so grateful to God for another beautiful day today. And, uh, you know, the sun is still shining out there today. The air is still, the air that we breathe is still out here. And uh, yes, they are. Amen. I feel like it's like a morning show or something. (laughs) Well, you can hear the bird. <laughs> yes, amen. Well, we're just so grateful to the Lord today that we're able to come together for Bible study uh, to continue to study the Word of God together as the Lord has given it to us as a church here. And, uh, you know, just sticking with it and, and uh, going as the Lord has given it and staying on course, staying on His path, staying in His purpose and His vision and uh, and believing that through every word and through every teaching and through all that, you know, yeah. is done here that God is doing a work in each one of us individually. So it's just an amazing, amazing thing to be able to do. So we're just so grateful to God for the opportunity to continue in the teachings and the preachings and every time we're able to join together. Amen. 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 Well, praise the Lord. Well, hi, Sister Josie. We see you there. Hi, Andrea. Hi, Cynthia. Thank you, guys. Good to see you. Well, glad to see you guys there on the track. (laughs) Amen. Thanks for joining us tonight and everyone out there as well. Amen. So let these open us up in a word of prayer, and then we'll we'll prepare this night. Heavenly Father, we come before you this night, Lord, and we thank you, Lord, for your goodness, Father, for your mercy, Lord, and for your forgiveness, Lord Jesus. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this wonderful day. Lord, we thank you for the breath in our lungs, Lord Jesus, for the life that we have and the fact that we can rejoice today, Lord Jesus. Only in your name, Father, Lord, in your great name, Lord Jesus, can we stand here, Lord, and declare your goodness, Father. Thank you for being so wonderful to us, Lord. And as we begin this service, Lord, thank you for everyone watching, Lord. Thank you for your word coming forth. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are in control. You're always in control, Lord. Yes, you are, Lord Jesus. And we give you all glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Well, praise the Lord. Amen. Well, just a couple of quick announcements. Uh, This Sunday, we are going to be having our service, our Sunday service. We will be outside. (laughs) So we're looking forward to that. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll keep you posted on everything if there's any changes. But as of right now, uh, we are still looking just at the 1045 service. It'll be right here on the side of the building. And uh, we'll be preparing for the setup and uh, all to have that ready for this Sunday. We're looking forward to what the Lord is doing. And uh, I'm also praying and interceding and, uh, you know, th- asking the Lord that he would be a cloud by day. <laughs> as he was for the children of Israel that day. That'd be great. And he can, he can release that cloud once the service is done. And torn down. Yeah, you know. You know, got back mm-hmm. in the air conditioning, but um, we're looking forward to just praising the Lord together mm-hmm. and, and coming together to to seek the Lord and, and everything that we're doing. So praise God for that. So that's going on this Sunday, um, this Friday night, uh, you know, through prayer, the study of God's word in prayer will be Second Corinthians, I believe, chapter five. So we encourage you to read, to pray through the word of God together. And uh, remember, that's all part of all the teachings that lines up with Acts, it lines up with Ezra, it lines up with the preachings. With everything, you know, it's just God's word for this for this house, you know, in the season. So, you know, it's a good way to stay, uh, you know, seeking the Lord and, and connected. Uh, connected and alive. alive and allowing the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us and direct us through all that he's doing. Amen. 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 
well, praise God for that. And, and uh, again, we just want to thank you for, for uh, just continuing to trust the Lord, continuing to wait on the Lord, continuing to seek him and to keep your eyes on him. And, uh, and just knowing that no matter what happens and, and, you know, I know there's a lot of different things going on right now, uh, a lot of decisions that need to be made. And, and, uh, <clears throat> but you know what, through it all, we know that our God's in control. He never stopped being in control and he will always be in control. So, always. you know, so thank God for that. Amen. So, you know, and it's just always knowing that God always has a plan and a purpose. And through it all, you know what? He is faithful. He is He is always faithful. So, you know, tonight's teaching has a lot to do with that, you know, just about um, the process and, and everything. You know, Stephen brings out something that is part of remembrance. And, you know, what greater way to get back to a place of, of uh, God's faithfulness and his word, but by remembering all that he has done and and, you know, recognizing that, you know, God, you had a purpose and all of that. And though they didn't understand it or we didn't understand it, but it was all a purpose for his glory. So um, that's definitely one of the things we'll be looking at tonight in, in this scripture. So, you know, really looking forward to that tonight. Well, praise God. So we're going to get started tonight and um, we'll be in the book of Acts chapter 7 and we'll be in verse 17 through 22 tonight. So Acts chapter 7, verse 17 through 22 and uh, the key word today, well, the words is but as. <laughs> so there's another one of those, and we have another one next week as well. So really looking forward. And again, this is all pulled out from the uh, English Standard Version. So some versions may vary on how they read it. So this, it may not come out as this is but as, but, you know, we're pulling from the ESV. So this is where we get, you know, these words come mm -hmm. from. So, you know, if it reads a little bit differently, it's not different by, you know, it's not, you know, it's yeah, still the word of God, word. just a different translation that was brought in on it. Amen. Amen. So we're just, we're just excited for that. So hi, Norma. <laughs> Amen. Well, praise God. Amen. So we're excited for that. So let's, uh, we're going to open up in a word, you know, we're going to pray for, for this Bible study tonight. And, uh, and then we're going to read the word of Lord, the Lord together tonight. So Father, we just thank you, Lord. We thank you, Father God, as we're just able to come together this night, Father God, through Bible study, Lord. And Father, as we just opened up tonight, Father, just glorifying you, Lord, and looking to you, seeking you, Lord Jesus, and declaring and setting this time aside for you, my God. As Father God, Lord, that's what we're here to do tonight, Lord. We're here to seek you. We're here to look to you. We're here to be taught by you, Lord Jesus. We're here to be instructed by you. We're here to be encouraged through your word, my God. And Father God, Lord, our hearts are yielded to you, Holy Spirit, and we come tonight in submission unto you, Lord God. We submit ourselves unto you this night, Father God, because, Lord, we desire for you to teach us. We desire for you to help us to remember. We desire for you to remind us and to teach us, Father God. And through your word, my God, we, Lord Jesus, want to acknowledge in, in your word through everything, my God. And through that, Father God, because we know that there is life in your word, my God. So tonight, Father God, we just submit ourselves unto you, Lord. Father God, Lord, we submit ourselves physically unto you, Father, our physical bodies, my God, that, Father, whatever may be going on, Lord Jesus, in any one of our physical bodies tonight, Father God, that, Father, we just lay that to you, my God, because you're a healer. Father God, spiritually, my God, Lord, we submit ourselves unto you, Father God, through the battles and through, Father God, Lord Jesus, just through, Father God, the daily life, Father God, Lord, we submit Father God, ourselves unto you this night, Father God. We submit our minds unto you, Lord Jesus, through thoughts and fears and anxieties or just things, Father God, Lord, that occur within our minds. We submit that to you tonight, Father God. Distractions, Father God, things we lose focus on or things we're focused on, Lord Jesus, that take our focus from you, Lord. Father, we submit unto you this night, Father God. We lay that all down tonight, Father. And Father, our own hearts, my God, Lord, if there be anything within our hearts tonight, Father God, that have 
divided the way we see or talk or how we see things, Father God, that pertain to you, Father Lord. Father God, that, that keep us from your word, my God, or Father God, are just causing different ways in how we see you, Lord Jesus, or Father, discouragement and, and unbelief, Father God, in any way, Lord, Lord, or just Father God, in ways that, Father, we choose not to see, Father Lord, and choose not to acknowledge. Father, tonight, we come before your throne, Lord Jesus, and we lay this down to you, our own hearts, my God, and we submit all of ourselves unto you tonight, Father God, as we come together to seek you through your word, my God, through this time of teaching. And Father God, because through this, Lord, we want to learn. And Father, we also desire to live, Father God, that we may be active in this word, my God, in your teaching, oh God, by your spirit, my God. So Father, we just thank you this night, Lord. We give you all the glory and all the praise and all the honor, Father, for you have all the power all the authority, Lord Jesus, and we just thank you this night, Father, for this opportunity to be able to come together to study your word this night. We love you, we praise you, we bless you this night, Father God, and we thank you for this time, Lord. And Father, we just ask you to forgive us of our sins, forgive us of all unrighteousness, forgive us, Lord, of the commands and the laws that we have broken, my God, because in breaking one, we broke them all, Lord. Father, forgive us of our sins, Lord, of rejection and rebelling against you in, it, in, in any way and every way, Lord Jesus. Father, Lord, forgive us of self-righteousness, Father. Forgive us, Lord, Father, for those things that we choose not to confess, Lord, or we just or choose not to acknowledge, Lord, or take responsibility for. Forgive us, Lord. We ask you to wash us, to cleanse us, Lord, and that, Father God, we may see and hear you clearly tonight, Father God. And, Father, we forgive those, my God, against anyone that we may hold anything against tonight, Father. We ask you and we thank you, Lord, for that power to forgive with the same forgiveness we ourselves received. Father, if our hearts are heavy tonight, sad, hurting, my God, Father, just heavy from tiredness or weariness, Father God. Lord Jesus, thank you for lifting our heavy hearts tonight, comforting your people, Lord Jesus. Father God, for bringing comfort, Father, where, Lord Jesus, no one is able to, not even our own selves, but you can because you are the comforter. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, for comforting us and your people this night, Father, as we are comforted through your word. And we thank you, Lord, and we praise you, we bless you this night, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, praise God. Hi, Sister Rosalind. Thank you for joining us as well. Amen. And uh, let's get into the Word of God tonight. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. So we're in Acts chapter 7, verse 17 through 22. And we do apologize if you see the camera shake a little bit. That's just a move of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Yes. Amen. amen. <laughs> or it could be us just shaking the table every time we move something. So, you know, but we're going to we're going to say it's the Holy Spirit. Amen. It's moving to the word and moving to the movement. Amen. So <laughs> it's a little shaky. Then that's why. Plus, I shake on my own. So it comes with it. So verse 17 of Acts chapter seven says, but as the time of the promise drew near, there's that word which God had granted to Abraham, the people increased and multiplied in Egypt until there arose over Egypt another king who did not know Joseph. He dealt truly with our race and forced our fathers to expose their infants so that they would not be kept alive. At this time, Moses was born and he was beautiful in God's sight. And he was brought up for three months in his father's house. And when he was exposed, Pharaoh's daughter adopted him and brought him up as her own son. And Moses was instructed in all the wisdom of the Egyptians, and he was mighty in his words and deeds. Amen. So this is the word of the Lord tonight. This is what we'll be studying tonight and uh, going through. And again, this is still part 
of the response that Stephen is being challenged and questioned about the works that he's doing and for his faith. And he's being put here in a place where he has to respond, and it's a very lengthy response, as we read a couple weeks ago. And this all has to do with Israel's history and their relationship with God. But remember, let's always remember the focus here. It has to do with God's relationship with Israel, but also with Israel's relationship with God. How God was always faithful to Israel through all the work and through everything he was doing because God was always doing something. But it also points out Israel's rejection of God and how they didn't keep their part of that relationship. So... Again, this is something that we learn from because this is something we all experience. It's something we can we all go through with God in our relationship with Him. So remember, we're not looking to point fingers. We're looking to learn from this because in this we could see ourselves. We can see our walk. We could see, you know, as He is speaking to the children of Israel here, He's also speaking to me and you. And in that, we're able to learn how to speak to others and remind others of how God is working in our lives, yeah. if we choose to acknowledge and they choose to acknowledge it. So this is for all of us tonight, amen? So yeah. I, prayerfully, we all come together with that. Like, you know, like I said, many years, I, I was always like, man, those Romans, man, those <laughs> Israelites, man. It's like, wait a minute, no, it's not man, them Romans, man, them Israelites. It has to do with me. Yeah. We, we had to include ourselves. Yeah, we have to include ourselves in everything because that's where the Bible comes alive. And that's where the relationship becomes real. <laughs> it's when it becomes about your part in that relationship. And that's really important in a relationship. It's like with us. I mean, you know, if I don't acknowledge or, or I don't take it seriously or you don't take it seriously, then, um, you know, we don't, we're not willing to acknowledge our shortcomings or, you know, ever acknowledge one of us could be wrong or whatever it is. And really, there's really no relationship in it because. Automatically, we're doing what we're what we're going to read about. It's God's relationship with us, but then we're rejecting Him. So if we don't communicate, we begin to reject one another. Yeah, and we have to both be willing to grow in that relationship, yes. even to today. I mean, we've been 24 years already. Yes. <laughs> it's amazing, but we're still growing in that relationship. And even with you know, with the Lord, how much greater? You know, yeah. we're constantly growing in that relationship. We constantly have to be able to see ourselves for who we really are, be able to look in that mirror and be able to say, wow, Lord, I've still got a lot of growing to do, a lot of learning. Oh, yes. But it's better to accept that there's growing than to show partiality or rejection, because I believe that is damaging. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Amen. Talking about God here. Yeah, but the Lord. <laughs> we're talking amen. about the God's relationship with Israel yes, and his rejection. Amen, amen. amen. No, that's, that's yeah, what it's all about. But it applies. But it applies to us. Many, and I'm just in kidding. In many forms, it applies to all of us. If we're willing to, we're willing to really yeah. see it. Definitely, you know, because we can always grow in, in this relationship. So this is what it's all about, you know. So what we're looking at tonight is this. We're going to start off with verse 17. And it says, but as the time of the promise drew near, you know, this reminds me of a place of anticipation. He's bringing up a place of anticipation because it's, you know, it's like when you anticipate something, you know, you're looking forward to something, you know, there's going to be a change, you know, there's just like change on the horizon. It's just like, you know, um, and, and that anticipation, which is just really looking forward to, it's like, man, it's going to happen, you know, and, and, you know, I, I've even felt, and I'm pretty sure we've all felt this way. It's like, sometimes it's like, I don't want to be too excited because what if it doesn't happen? <laughs> yeah. Kind of stay quiet about it. Yeah. Cause it, with that, then, you know, mm -hmm. it can bring disappointment. It can bring, you know, um, it's like, I don't want to get too excited until like, you know, like I've, I've kind of come to a place that unless I have it in my hands, unless I know it, then it's like, other than that, I'm not going to, you know, it's, 
that's when it becomes real. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, and this is a place he's reminding them, this is, this is one of those places of anticipation. It's, you know, as, but as the time of promise drew near, this is a very important time, you know, he's referring to this and, you know, so, but there's so many changes in this, you know, and it's, but as the time, because how many of us know that everything is beautiful in this time? The Lord talks about time. He talks about that in Ecclesiastes chapter three, and you know, that, that everything is beautiful in this time, you know, and many times we look at God and we wait in anticipation and automatically we can get discouraged. We can get, um, I don't know what other words on there. I mean, Disillusion. Disillusion. That's the other word there, you know, about, well, maybe it's not God or maybe it's not for me or, you know, because it's like I felt there was a change. I knew there was a change. I was so excited. And it's like it didn't change. It actually got worse, <laughs> you know, or it got harder. Or it, it seems now like it was right here in my grasp. And now it just seems like so far away. It doesn't even seem possible anymore. Because yeah, it hasn't been fulfilled. So it's a process. Yeah. You know, and and uh, and how many of us know? You know, being in the Lord, everything's a process, and it takes time. You know, it takes time. I mean, we we looked at Joseph what last week, and Joseph, even though he had the vision of of being a savior of God's people, you know, not only of God's people but all those and you know around the lands, mm -hmm. but he wasn't yet ready to be a leader of God's people. He had to go through a whole process to get there without even realizing how he ended up there you know, because he kept his eyes on the Lord. So, you know, that's the same with us. And, and we don't like the fire. We don't like the trial. We don't like the, um, the refinement. Yeah, I know we, we don't because we're not patient enough. And then we forget that it's not just us and our little thought and our little wants. It's a whole big picture of a people like a nation, a land, a city, just something big that we have to experience. We just can't say, Oh, I'm going to be president. I'm going to be governor or mayor and not, know anything about what it means first of all or what the land size is and all that and just there's so much that goes into it yeah definitely you know and and so we see here i mean it, you look at this but as a time of the promise drew near you know imagine this they just came out of a of, of a famine you know there was that famine for the seven years which was pretty bad yeah. um you know they, they they found out that joseph was alive and so through all of this, I mean, they, they went through some stuff, but now they're in, they're in a place now where they're establishing a great kingdom. Egypt was a great kingdom. Um, you know, a lot of times we knock Egypt, but as I was studying and looking at these, I mean, Egypt's known for a lot of great things, mathematics. Um, they, they calculated the distance to the sun. I mean, Egypt was known for a lot of stuff that is still today. This was a, a you know, it was a great nation, you know, and, and uh, it's amazing how God made himself known through through Egypt and that, you know, Egypt was able to see how great God is. They were already skilled. So that's what they saw that, oh, okay, they, they knew, they knew stuff. So it's, there was, there weren't a people out of order. They just worship other items. And yeah, other they had a lot of other gods. Yeah, definitely. They had their gods and they saw their mm -hmm. king as a god and all that. But I mean, you really look at it. I mean, these were intelligent people. I mean, they really, you know, had their stuff. And we'll see a little bit of that as we're kind of looking at this right now. So, I mean, for them, life is good. I mean, they're living in a land that, you know, got a, you know, this, the armies that had chariots and, you know, a great nation that, hey, you know what, this is pretty good, man. You know, so all of a sudden they're starting to multiply, they're starting to grow, um, you know, they're, they're, you know, expanding in the land, all these different things. Life is good. They know there's a promise. You know, Abraham was given a promise. So, you know, it's kind of like us today. I mean, you know, have we ever been there? It's a question we need to ask yourself, have we ever been there or maybe we're there now, you know, where it's like, 
I'm in that place where if I was like, all right, everything kind of seems like it's falling into place. It's here, you know. I feel change. It's I know looking good. it's looking good, and and uh, and we're like in that place right now. But as a tr- promise drew near, you know, it's like I just came out of a season. You know, it's like, man, Lord, and 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 it's like you're there, and it's like. Lord, I know there's something great, you know, something great is about to happen, man. And it's like, it's amazing. All of a sudden, all this stuff goes on in this world, yeah. you know, um, you know, and it's just like, well, what happened? I mean, it was like, you know, it was like, it was rough, but, you know, it was like something seemed like there was going to be some change, you know, mm-hmm. different things. But then it comes about and you're just like, whoa, wait a minute. Yeah. But as the, t- as the promise, as the time of the promise drew near. Yeah, because that good feeling and that change, that hope is still there. It's just other stuff is happening alongside it Mm -hmm. doesn't mean it's not there yeah but this is what i love about it because in the promise of abraham many times you know you ever a promise from god you read the word of god um you know maybe the lord's giving you a word through someone or maybe the lord's giving you a word just within yourself or just something you know in your heart and you know that's why it's very important that we always read the word of god in context you know anytime anybody's ever given me a word even in that i always ask the Lord, you know, that it's always usually something to confirm or at least to the word of God. And, and I've always felt really higher, you know, strict on that for myself, at least. So, you know, this is one of those things that they had a promise. Abraham was given a promise. His descendants would be as numerous as the sand and the seashore, um, as the stars in the sky. You know, they would be given a great land, all these, all these great things, right? But there's a part in that promise that I don't know, maybe, you know, I really don't know, but this is part of a promise that's in there. So let's look at Genesis chapter 15, verse 12 through 16. Genesis 15, and we're going to read verse 12 through 16. And Letty's going to read that for us. When the sun was setting, a deep sleep overcame Abram, and a horror, terror, a shuddering fear, a nightmare of great darkness overcame him. God said to Abram, "Not for sure that your de- know for sure that your descendants will be strangers living temporarily in a land, Egypt that is not theirs, where they will be enslaved and oppressed for four hundred years. But on that nation on whom your descendants will serve, I will bring judgment, and afterward they will come out of that land with great possessions. As for you, you shall die and go to your fathers in peace, and you shall be buried at a good old age." Then the fourth generation of your descendants shall return here to Canaan, the land of promise, for the wickedness and the guilt of the Amorites is not yet complete. Wow. Finished. Amen. So let's go back to Acts. So we see here, this is in the promise. He says, your people <laughs> will be, you know, for 400 years, you wow. know, and, and that's amazing because he, he prophesied, this is in the covenant with, with Abraham. And, but yet he tells them, you guys are going to go through some stuff to get there. You know, and what it really was is that he was also giving, you know, he, he shows Abraham this land, yet Abraham would never possess the land himself. His descendants would possess it. And so yet it was still a promise, but it was a promise that Abraham wouldn't necessarily see within his lifetime in this life. You know, but it was a promise that the Bible says that he believed, therefore it was counted to him as righteousness. But in that, even God is explaining that there's going to be a process through that. And he refers to the Amorites who are living in Canaan, which would have, which is the promised land. But it was going to give you a process to get to that promised land. But imagine this. God, even in that, says until the time of the iniquity of the Amorites is complete. 
So even in that, God is giving the Amorites a time frame to be able to repent. Through the time that Israel would go through the 400 years in Egypt, to the time they would go through the 40 years in the desert, through all that time before Israel would enter the land, God would give the Amorites all that time to be able to repent. That's a long time. That is the mercy of God. But even in that, though, we see the mercy of God as God is preparing that time of promise. But not only that, what God is also doing is he's also about to bring judgment, which would be upon Egypt for not letting the people go, but also to display his glory. But in that, there would also come judgment upon those in Canaan because they reject God. They're against God. So God would bring judgment, but it would be a righteous judgment because they had so many years to repent. They had so many years to, to turn from them wicked ways, but against eventually, through God's mercy, would come eventual judgment. Okay, because that shows that God is a just God. He didn't just take Israel and Abraham out of, you know, his land and say, here, go there and just go destroy them. No, this was all going to be a process. But in that, you see God's mercy. <clears throat> but in that mercy and in that grace would come eventual judgment. And does that remind you of anything today? Yes. Yeah. The Lord is coming back one day. And right now we're living in a period of grace and mercy, and, and we see the love of God through Jesus Christ, you know. But let's look at 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 8 through 10. See, because remember, God does not change. He never changed from the old to the new. You know, we just were, were in the mercy of Jesus Christ. 8 through 10? Yes, 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 8 through 10. Nevertheless, do not let this one fact escape your notice, beloved, that with the Lord one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like one. The Lord does not delay as though he were unable to act. And, it is, and he's not slow about his promise, as some count slowness, but is extraordinarily patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will vanish, they're going to vanish wow. with a mighty and thunderous roar and the material, all the elements will be destroyed with intense heat and the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Wow. Let's turn back. Just to burn back. Let's turn back to Acts chapter seven, <laughs> not burn back. Let's turn back. <laughs> so we see here that this is old and this is new Testament. And this is talking about the coming day of the Lord. This is talking about through all the mercy and the grace of God. And many times, even we as Christians like, Lord, when are you coming? You know, but the Bible doesn't say, ask when he's coming. It just says, come, Lord Jesus, come, you know, Maranatha, you know, and it's looking to the Lord for his coming because eventually through the mercy and the grace, eventually God's righteous judgment will have to come upon the land and to judge all those have rejected him and for, even for those that are in Christ for what they've done with what they've been given. You know, so we look at this in the Bible because remember, God is a righteous judge. The Lord yeah. Jesus Christ is the righteous judge, but God is patient. So even though we may look and say, well, man, Lord, I think you're coming, this and that. And, and we were talking about this the other day, how imagine how it must have looked in World War II when, you know, when, when Hitler was doing all this and there was war and all these different things. I mean, people were looking at it then like, man, the Lord is coming, man, this is it. You know, when, you know, and, and there's been so many periods throughout our history that many looked and said, man, this has to be it. Jesus has to be coming. And this is no different to, than, to, than today. 
you know, we're looking at that today saying, man, the Lord Jesus has to be coming. You know, it's like, I mean, because every time we see something like this unfold, it's like, this cannot happen. That means the Lord is coming, you know. But again, if the Lord tarries, that's because he is patient and he is long-suffering that none shall perish, but all shall come to the saving knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. That is a merciful Lord Jesus. That's a merciful God. Yeah, that's his mercy. Yeah, he, he's looking. So everything is in the Lord's time. And we have to be patient and trust and wait on the Lord for him to bring all that to pass. You know, it's through all of that. It's just trusting him through all of that and recognizing that there's nothing different from the past to right now or the future. He's still the same God. You know, but now we have the blood of Jesus, we have the cross, we have the mercy and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the salvation, his Holy Spirit living in us today. You know, so this is the empowerment that me and you have today, that all believers have today, and that is available for all that repent and put their faith in Jesus Christ today and believe in what the Father has done through him. So it's an amazing thing, and we see that recognition, and we see here that um, Stephen is bringing this up here. So remember, he's all. This whole message is all pointing to Christ, but it's also to reveal the hearts of those that are listening. So our prayer is, is that our hearts will be revealed through us that are listening today and learning and and looking at the Word of God together tonight. So we see that in that. So God is a just God. <clears throat> Not only that, let's look at the rest of that scripture. It says, "Which God had granted to Abraham, the people increased and multiplied in Egypt." So through all of this. You know, we learned a couple of weeks ago, addition is better than subtraction and multiplication is better than division. Amen. <laughs> it's always better to multiply. And so through this, we see the people of Israel, you know, again, they're in the land, they're increasing, they're multiplying, they're becoming more. And it's just like, wow, you know, the people of Israel are just, I mean, you know, Lord said, be fruitful and multiply And Israel, man, they didn't mess around. <laughs> they really did that, you know, and, uh, and we see the, the people of Israel multiplying, you know, so as, as the people of God, as, as the children of God, that's a good thing. It's like, wow, man, we're, we're becoming, you know, great. You know, we're starting to see, we see the church that happened in the church. We see that today in the church. We see that in so many different things. And it's good for the people that are part of it. But for the, from those on the outside looking in, that you could be a threat to, it's not. So let's look at this before, as we're going to get ready to look at this next portion of Scripture. Look at verse 18, and then we're going to go to Exodus chapter 1. It says, until there arose over Egypt <clears throat> another king who did not know Joseph, or in a sense didn't really care about who Joseph was. Yeah. Kind of just came into power. It's like, yeah, you know, kind of reminds me of Solomon's um, son, Rehoboam. You know, when he came into power, he had all the elders, but he, he didn't really care what they had to say. He wanted to go by what his friends wanted him to do. Yeah. You know, we not see the it. history, not the part, not where you came from. No, and we see how that turned out. Divided kingdom. You know, so this is another king that rose up. So let's look at this king in Exodus chapter 1, and we're going to look at verse 8 through 14 here. And hold your place in both of these places. We're going to kind of go back and forth here. But Exodus chapter 1, <clears throat> excuse me, verse 8 through 14. And it says here, Now there arose a new king over Egypt who did not know Joseph. So, I mean, Stephen's pretty much saying this word for word here. And he said to his people, Behold, the people of Israel are too many and too mighty for us. He recognizes that not only are they too many, but they're also very mighty. He recognizes these, these people can overtake us. Yeah. You know, if they realize this, they can overtake us. If they turn on us, I mean, they can, 
they could take over our great land and our kingdom. And he recognizes this. So verse 10, he says, come, let us deal shrewdly with them. Lest they multiply, and if war breaks out, they join our armies and fight against us and escape from the land. Therefore, they set taskmasters over them to affect them with heavy burdens. They built for Pharaoh store cities, Pithom and Ramses. But the more they were oppressed, the more they multiplied and the more they spread abroad. And the Egyptians were in dread of the people of Israel. So they ruthlessly made the people of Israel work as slaves and made their lives bitter with hard service and mortar and brick and in all kinds of work in the field. In all their work, they ruthlessly made them work as slaves. So again, but as the time as a promise drew near, this was a part of the promise that God had given to Abraham that this would take place before they actually came into that promise. And even the promise with itself took work. It took them going in and fighting for the land. But we see here that now this is all coming to pass. So life being so good now is not really looking so good anymore. But this is what this could do through this oppression. Imagine the weight of being put on all these people. You know, they were working long hours. They were, you know, taken from their families. They were, you know, and, and through all of this, you know, they're being enslaved. They're being manipulated. They're being, you know, um, beaten. They're all these different things. And they're being now being challenged to, to build up all these great, you know, monuments and all this for Egypt and their gods and their pharaoh and all these different things. So what this can do to the people is really reality what, they, this, what this person was doing. It was distracting the people of Israel from the promises of God. Through the weight, through everything that was being put on them, really it was distracting them from the promise of God because the work got so weighty, because they were tired, because of all these different things that were going on, it distracted them from the promise of God. Sounds familiar. Sound familiar today? Has that been me and you? Has that been us? We've all been there. Where we've been tired, overworked, overweighed, whatever it may be. It can, and that's what it's meant to do. It's meant to distract me and you from the promise of God. It's meant to take our eyes off of that and start to focus on ourselves. And what that does is it weighs me and you down to a place to where we start to imagine that maybe God abandoned us. We get resentful and bitter. Yeah, we can start to think, you know, it's, it's just like, you know, like, God, where are you in all of this? God, where, where are you at? I mean, you know, I'm going through all this. Don't you see? Don't, aren't you, you know, like the disciples said, Lord, don't you see what's going on here? We're in the boat. There's a storm here. You know, don't you care? You know, and I believe we've all been there. Yeah. We forget for a moment that we're talking to the Almighty and we have the nerve to talk back to our Heavenly Father. Like, Ah, yeah, yeah, but it, but it happens. I mean, it it's, it's, it's a reality. It's not to say it won't happen or, you know, it's, it's, you know, but, you know, we could say how, those moments, yeah. yeah, you know, honestly, I mean, yeah, it's like, oh my God, what am I doing? You know, God can strike <laughs> me down. But at the same time, it's a real place. And with that, this King is recognizing like, man, I, I have to, I have to do this because I don't want them to realize the power of the power that they have in unity and not only the unity, but the unity and the faith in his God. Think about that. I want us to really think about this right here. Pharaoh is realizing these people are too numerous, and not only too numerous, but they're very mighty. I must manipulate them, and I must enslave them so that they'll be distracted 
which can cause division and it can cause all these different things. So they won't realize that there is power and unity together and the unity within the faith within their God. Because even through the oppression, imagine that they still multiplied. The Bible says in, in Exodus, it says, even through all of that, they were still multiplying. It's like, man, they just won't stop. <laughs> they are still fruitful and multiplying. <laughs> you know, so it's like through quarantine and all of that, these people are still being fruitful and multiplying. <laughs> it's like, you, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> so let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We're going to look at something here in the New Testament that refers to us today. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7 I'm sorry, chapter 4, verse 7 through verse 12. This is the hope that we also have, that they have and that we have. It says in verse 7, But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not driven to despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life in you. Praise the Lord for that. Amen. Amen. That no matter what we go through, no matter all these things that it says, but we have life in Jesus Christ. And in that, no matter through the death, there is life in Christ Jesus. Because it's, it's all God. His promise does not change. If we, are, we need to be reminded of this through everything that God's promises, His promise to Israel did not change. This was just part of the process. But as the time of the promise drew near, they were going to go through some stuff. They were going to face some challenges. And just as we are today, we can also look back at this and really see how it goes on today. Yeah. It hasn't changed. But what we do have is that our spiritual life is active. Yes. That the Lord is in us. His Holy Spirit is the one moving. That's powerful. promise draws near. As the promise draws near, you may be coming into a place of, of change and, and God has something for you or you're already walking into that, but you've come across all these. Don't lose hope. But as the time of, of promise drew near, remember, don't lose focus of the promises of God. Don't lose focus of his word because he is faithful to his word. That's just part of God working everything out for the good of those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. His word says, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. His word says, he that began a good work in you will see it to completion until the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. His word says, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, but to give you hope in a future. His word says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength, that shall mount up on wings like eagles, and they shall run and not grow weary, and they shall walk and not be faint. The word of the Lord says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. But do not be wise in your own eyes, but fear the Lord and shun evil, and this will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose trust is the Lord. But as the time of promise drew near, there was a process. 
But remember, even though there's someone behind it or whatever it may be, it never changes the fact that God is in control. Even though they, you know, wanted to close the churches and even though whatever it may be, or even through all the changes within your own lives, whatever may be going, but doesn't change the fact that God is still in control. See, we look at Pharaoh looking upon the people and doing all these things, but God already knew it. This was part of just what God allowed for his people for that time. And through that, Assyria still has an opportunity through all this to repent. Though they were living wickedly, though all that, but they were still, that was still God's mercy on them. And God was still with his people. It was up to God not to lose hope or lose focus to the promise of what he had spoken. We must not lose hope or focus on what God has spoken. And remember, the truth, the biggest promise is the Lord is returning soon. The Lord's return is soon. That's he is the a, biggest one. That's biggest the biggest. Yes. Still yet to be fulfilled, but as it is being fulfilled. It's a beautiful thing. So let's look at verse 19 here. It says, he dealt truly with our race and forced our fathers to expose their infants so that they would not be kept alive. That word truly is just to outwit or to deal craftily with. You know, and it's in a sense that he was looking to manipulate the people of Israel. He was looking to to make not let them see or realize that how powerful and how mighty these people really were. And not only that, how powerful their God is and how faithful their God has been to them. And that word exposed to put their babies to expose is really to abandon in another form is to expose to the elements so that the baby would die out there in the sun and just basically burn or whatever it was because it could not adapt to the element because it was a baby. And in one of the footnotes, it says such abandonment was a common ancient method, a method of population control. Such abandonment, read this again, such abandonment was a common ancient method of population control. It's considered, this was basically was looked at as a considered a political move. Ouch. Considered a political move. It was a form of population control. But even all, also in this, you also have to look at this was also very satanic because they were trying to wipe out the Jewish people. This was also Satan behind this looking to wipe out God's promised people, the Jewish people. We see that in the book of Esther. We see that many times throughout our history. We see that with the church, with the word of God. But no matter what, God has always been faithful to his people. Always. And in that, this is where our challenge comes in is how faithful are we to him in that relationship through it all? Because his word and his promises never change. So let's look at, let's go back to Exodus chapter 1, verse 15 through 21. We're going to look at this portion here. This is the second part of it. It says, then the king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives, one of whom was named Shifra and the other Pua. And their names pretty much Shifra means beauty and Pua means splendor. So these are basically women in position in Egypt. Imagine these are women in, 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 you know, to be able to do this and be able to be told by the king, these were women in position. But look at verse 16. It says, when you serve as midwife to the Hebrew woman and see them on the birth stool, if it is a son, you shall kill him. But if it is a daughter, she shall live. But the midwives feared God and did not do as the king of Egypt commanded them, but let the male children live. So the king of Egypt called the midwives and said to them, why have you done this and let the male children live? 
The midwife said to Pharaoh, because the Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women, for they are vigorous and give birth before the midwife comes to them. So God dealt well with the midwives, and the people multiplied and grew very strong. And because the midwives feared God, he gave them families. Then Pharaoh commanded all his people, every son that is born to the Hebrews, you shall cast into the Nile, but you shall let every daughter live. Wow. So we see here that these are two women in position. Again, their names mean beauty and splendor, as one way of putting it and looking at it. One of them may be fair. Um, but we see these women in position. But because they're in position, we see that God's working in their lives. It says that they feared God so much that they were not willing to do what Pharaoh had asked of them. This was a place that these women were put into. Do we obey God or do we obey man? And there will come times in our life where we will be put in a place that do we obey God or do we obey man? If it's going against what God is instituting, what God is saying, then this is where it could become very challenging. Let's look at Acts chapter 5, verse 27 to 32. We read this a couple of weeks ago. So they brought, yes. So they brought them and presented them before the council, the Sanhedrin, the Jewish high court. The high priest questioned them, saying, We gave you strict orders not to continue teaching in this name, and yet you have failed Jerusalem with your teaching, and you intend to bring this man, this man's blood on us, by accusing us as his murderers. Then Peter and the apostles replied, We must obey God rather than men. We have no other choice. Then Peter and the apostles replied, I have to read again. We must obey God rather than men. We have no other choice. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you have put to death by hanging him on a cross, and you are responsible. God exalted him to his right hand as prince and savior and deliverer in order to grant repentance to Israel and to grant forgiveness of sins. And we are witnesses of these things, and so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has bestowed on those who obey him. Amen. See, he's saying here, how are we going to stop preaching about Christ Jesus if, if, the, if our government or anybody ever try, starts to tell us we can no longer preach in the name of Jesus? This is where we as a church, as a body, have to start to live accordingly to continue yes. to preach the word of God. Because remember, preaching the word of God brings life. It brings life to those who are in death, those who are in sin, those who are in bondage. It brings life. So I look at it this way. If they're not asking us not to preach in the name of Jesus and this and that, then this is where it becomes a very fine line where we need to be careful. You know that what we do is we're honoring God. But when we start to see that we have to not preach in the name of Jesus, which gives life, which brings people to be born again, this is now where we have to make that decision. No, anything that comes against Christ and comes against preaching his word and declaring who he is, that's the spirit of the Antichrist. This is where we have to be careful, where we have to make a decision. No, I have to choose to obey God rather than man. And we see that, but because of it, we see the blessings of the obedience. These women were able to, were able to have children, and God blessed them with children. We look at that portion of scripture and he says, let me look at that again. He says, and we are witnesses of these things. And so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. So we see the promise of not just children, but as spiritual children. And he gives us the Holy Spirit, which gives us life because of that obedience. And to all those today who are obedient to Christ, who are obedient to the Lord and choose to believe in him, he chooses now to give them his Holy Spirit, which in turn 
is now more people of God. And the people of God continually multiply. And they continue to grow. It's like, you know, because they choose to now believe in what is maybe not what everybody else wants to believe in, or maybe what others are against, different things like that, no matter what the cost. They're fearing the Lord. There's times that we have to choose. And for those that have put their faith in Christ Jesus, they made a decision to choose. And in our faith, we will always be challenged in that time to choose between God and between man. But I love this part here. I just wrote this down. But we know even though Pharaoh prospered, God is still greater and saved his people. He still saved his people. Even though Pharaoh did a lot of babies, you know, there was a lot of death. Don't get me wrong. There was a lot of death. But God was still faithful to preserve his people, to preserve that life. How many of us know that today? There's much death today. But God was still faithful to preserve life. And that life that is preserved today is found in Jesus Christ and him alone. Let's look at Romans chapter 5, verse 6 through 8. That right time. While we were still helpless, powerless to provide for our salvation, at the right time, Christ died as a substitute for the ungodly. Now it, is a, now it is an extraordinary thing for one to willingly give his life for even an upright man, though perhaps for a good man, one who is noble and selfless and worthy. Some might even dare to die. Verse 8, right? Mm -hmm. But God clearly shows and proves his own love for us by the fact that while we were yet still sinners, Christ died for us. Amen. Amen. So we see here that in that right time, God sent his son to die for our sins, even though we weren't looking for him, even though we don't deserve it, even though all of that. But that was God's mercy. But it was in that right time. But as the time of the promise drew near. Yeah. As the time of the promise drew near. Imagine this. God is always on time. And I wrote here, even when it looked dark, though the disciples know it was the time of the promise, Imagine this. The disciples, they knew the time of the promise was near. They said, you're the Christ. You're the Messiah. You are everything. They were so excited. They were in anticipation. All those that were following Christ were anticipating this promise. Oh, yes, he's going to reign. He's going to be king. He's going to overthrow Rome. All these different things. Praise the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. You're the one we're waiting for. You're the one we've been waiting for. You have the words of life. All these things. They anticipated all these things. And all of a sudden, in this anticipation, Christ is betrayed. Christ is beaten. Christ is crucified. And Christ is murdered and killed on a cross. What? That's our promise. That's, a, that's the promise? Wait a minute, we were anticipating something great. We knew there was going to be change. And they didn't understand that through that there was going to be death. And it was going to, now it was going to be Christ himself that would die. So even in the darkest times and the promise was there and they anticipated there was going to be a death and it was going to be Jesus Christ. But it was at the right time. I put here, Christ still had to die so the promise would be fulfilled. Oh, but praise God, because in that death came a resurrection. In that death came a resurrection. Even though they wouldn't fully understand it, even though 
all these different things, but there was a change and the promise was fulfilled. And through all of this, I mean, God had been silent for over 400 years before John the Baptist came on the scene. These were some dark times. The, the word of God had been distorted. I mean, the people of God had went so far away from God. And, and there were just so many different things by the time Christ came on the scene. But even in that, they're like, yes, things are going to change. And all of a sudden he dies. But there was a resurrection and there was a promise that was fulfilled. So through it all, God was faithful to that, to that promise. And he is still faithful today. So no matter what mean you go through, no matter what our world is going through, no matter what we go through as a body of Christ today, just know that God is faithful. We have a, res we have a risen Christ. We have a resurrected Christ sitting at the right hand of the Father. And he is returning one day. He is coming back soon. Thank God for his, his mercy and his grace. It's so exciting. I put here... But as the time of his promise to you and me is at hand, it may get hard. But don't be fooled. God is faithful. Even though the world may look dark, don't be fooled. God is faithful and his return is soon. Don't allow what goes on in, in our world today through our politicians or through their governments or through the world leaders or through all these different things. Don't allow that to distract me and you. From the promises of God. Don't base our promises and what God's word says and his promises and his faithfulness and his goodness based on what is being done and decisions that are being made in our world today. You can do so recognizing and we can do so recognizing, but God, I know you're still in control. God, I know to whom the kingdom I belong to today. God, I know that you are faithful, God. God, I may not understand what's going on in our lives and all around us and this and that, but I know that you are faithful, Lord Jesus. And he is. Because remember, but as the time of the promise drew near, there would be a process. The Israelites were hearing this and all this were hearing this message. This was part of a promise that was drawing near that had already come. Whether they saw this or not, this, there's a bigger, this is a whole message here. This is just a piece of it that we're pulling from here, that we're taking for ourselves and dividing and diving into today to remind us that God is faithful. Verse 20 and 21 says, At this time Moses was born and he was beautiful in God's sight, and he was brought up for three months in his father's house. And when he was exposed, Pharaoh's daughter adopted him and brought him up as her own son. We see a, a, a man by the name of Moses. He wasn't born a man, but, you know, he was born <laughs> here, okay? And, you know, I'm just going to look at this. John chapter 3, verse 3. You don't have to turn there. I'll turn here for time's sake. But he says, Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Unless one is born again, how beautiful and awesome it is when we become born again. Yeah. How many of us are born again today? Amen. If you're born again, then you too, as it says here about Moses, is beautiful in God's sight, has favor with God, has favor with God. Let's go to Exodus chapter 2, verse 1 to 10. We still got some time here. Exodus 2, 2, 2, 2, verse 1 through 10. 
says, verse 1, Now a man from the house of Levi went and took as his wife a Levite woman. The woman conceived and bore a son, and when she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him three months. When she could hide him no longer, she took him for him a basket made of bulrushes and daubed him, daubed it with bitumen and pitch. She put the child in and placed it among the reeds by the riverbank. And his sister stood at a distance to know what would be done to him. Now the daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the river, while her young woman walked beside the river. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her servant woman, and she took it. When she opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the baby was crying. She took pity on him and said, This is one of the Hebrews' children. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call you a nurse from the Hebrew women to nurse the child for you? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. So the girl went and called the child's mother. And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child away and nurse him for me, and I will give you your wages. So the woman took the child and nursed him. When the child grew older, she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. She named him Moses because she said, I drew him out of the water. Through it all, God promised life. He was faithful to his promise to his people. Yes. He was faithful, and through all of this provision, everything was done. His own mother still got to be a part of his life. He got to learn the ways of the Hebrew people, but also the ways of Egypt. All the ways of the instructions of Egypt, the wisdom of Egypt, as we talked about earlier, this was a great nation. He got to learn both, but not only that, he got to learn the history of his own people. God was molding and building this man up through all the, through all the dark times and through all this heart, this afflicted place that they had to go through. But it was, God had already spoken to, about it, but it was all leading to the promise of God's faithfulness to his people and that he would be glorified and all those nations will know who the real God is. Verse 22 of verse 7 says, And Moses was instructed in all the wisdom of the Egyptians, and he was mighty in his words and his deeds. The preserved life saved was also a, a purpose to save God's people. Just as Joseph, just as Jesus, and just as all those who have been called according to his purpose. For the Bible says, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you hope in the future. See, Joseph's life wasn't just preserved so Joseph can say, my God is so great and go on and live. No, Joseph had a bit, a mission and a purpose. And that was through his life being preserved through all the trials and tribulations and through everything he went through. But God was preparing him in a place that God would preserve life through his life. Moses was now being fashioned in a way and he's bringing this to remembrance that even through that dark time, even through the time of promises, it was approaching, but yet Israel would go through some hard times before they would meet that promise. But even in that God was faithful, God kept his promise and God brought forth life by preserving life through these times. God did that through Jesus and Jesus, even though he died, but he rose again and now in him is eternal life. And now today we see, but as the time of promise draws near, God is using our lives, me and you and all those that put their faith today as those examples to preserve life in this world today. 
as our lives are saved, as our lives are redeemed, as our lives and the promises of God are faithful, as we do not lose focus, and at times we may do, but as we come back, we repent, we come back and turn ourselves back to the Lord and are reminded of the promises of God and the faithfulness of God. It's in that, that there is life preserved your spouse, your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren, your great-great-great-great-great-grandchildren, your nieces, your nephews, your cousins, your, your aunts, your uncles, your parents, your grandparents, your great-grandparents, your great-great-grandparents. I mean, your co-workers, your neighbors, our communities, our, our city, our, our country, the world, all these different things. There's life being preserved because of the life that has been saved for me and you. That's what God wants to do for us, is that there would be life preserved in me and you today. Are me and you ready today? Is someone, you know, it's his return is near. Yes, it is. See, that's why the Bible talks about be watchful, be ready, be vigilant, be aware of the Lord's return. Because the question is today, are we ready for that promise? of his return, not only just for the promises that God has given to me and you individually, and, and, and yes, in our daily lives, those promises, hold on to them. Be ready for them. Walk as if as you already have them in the Lord, because you do have them in Christ Jesus. Whether we see them here or not, that's not up to us. That's up to us to believe him for his promises. But also the greatest promise is that he's going to return for his people that we will be with him in all eternity and we live today as if, if we were already there because the Bible says we're already there in Christ Jesus. Because that's the only reason why we're there is because of our faith in Christ Jesus. You know, but in that, are we ready for that time? I put here, but as the time of promise drew near, he is coming back, but will we be ready? goes back to God's promise and faithfulness in the relationship with his people. How Stephen is talking about God's promise to his people. In his relationship to them, God was always faithful to them. To yes. them. He never, never let them down on his side of the promise, no matter how much they let him down. No matter how much they rejected him and rebelled and followed other gods, and all, God was always faithful to his people, and God will always be faithful to his people. He's faithful to me and you. I know that. Yes, he is. He's faithful to you. He's faithful to all to this world today. The fact that he has not returned today goes to show the love and the mercy that he has for this yes. world today, that everyone today still has an opportunity to repent, to put their faith in Jesus Christ, and to give their lives to the Lord and to know him and have a relationship with him. That's patience. Yeah. Anything on that? Now, okay. I'm stuck on that question. You said, are we ready? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> are we ready? Are we spiritually ready? Do we know? Because even being actively in our faith, he's going to come like a thief in the night. We're not going to know. But I believe that we who are taken up when he comes, we will know. But at the moment, are we spiritually ready? Yeah. Are, are we sleeping? Do we know? Are we watching the signs, his word? Because he's speaking. He is speaking. And, you know, we could see a portion here it's if we choose to see it. Mm -hmm. He wants them to see that they haven't kept their part of the relationship. We see Stephen bringing these, this message as we continue to read day by day. It's really exposing the hearts of them that 
God has always been faithful to you, but you haven't always been faithful to him. Even now you're rejecting him. And this is an opportunity as the Amorites and all that, this is still God's mercy, giving them truth so that it can pierce their hearts so they can repent and turn from their wicked ways. The murderous hearts, as Jesus spoke to them, now Stephen is doing the same thing as what Jesus did because it's still about preserving life. It's still about that opportunity for somebody to be able to repent and give their life to the Lord. And he's doing this and he's speaking truth. He's speaking their history that all of them know about. But it was all with a heart about bringing repentance. Nothing has changed for me and you today. The message still goes forth. And even though it may be strong at times, and even though it may be some truths that not everybody always likes, even we don't like, I don't know, I, most of the time I don't like it. It was like, you know, but it's all with a heart to bring me and you into this world to repentance, to see our need for Christ, to see our need and be reminded of how great you are, God. I need you, Lord. doesn't matter how long I've been in the Lord. It doesn't matter how much of the Bible I've read. It doesn't matter how many times I've gotten to teach and preach your word, Lord. I still haven't arrived. And I still have to receive this word and have an open heart to recognize, Lord, you're dealing with me first. And am I willing to see myself within this? Am I willing to say, Lord, what are you showing me here today? Because what is it that I need to acknowledge is some truth so I can confess and I can ask you for help and then ask you to, to help me to get, you know, to realize this in my heart here today, Lord. Because the word of God is all done with a heart about to bring repentance. Yes. That's what Jesus did. Jesus spoke to so that there would be repentance. You know, life. Which leads to life. Which leads to life. And how many of us know today that we have a God that has never changed? The Bible says he is the same today, yesterday, today, and forever. Our God doesn't change. No, he doesn't. He doesn't change. And through all of this, we know that today, but as a time of promise, drew near. So the Bible talks about everything that will happen and unfold. Can I tell you that the Lord is coming back tomorrow or, you know what? No, I can't. But the Bible does, all the Bible tells us is be ready. Yeah. And we could tell you for sure with confidence that he is coming. It says, be ready. And he is returning. His word says he is. Be ready. Be watchful. The amazing thing about the Lord is that as we wait the word with, but as the time for the fulfillment of the promise which God made to Abraham, as a promise he's made to his people, to us who believe, is he actually, you know, when you buy something online, you make that purchase and you're waiting for it. This is something we're waiting for that he paid for. And Ooh, we're anticipating amen. that fulfillment. Like we cannot even imagine when it's going to arrive. But are we living and are we willing to see our life like that, that we are waiting for that that was bought for us? Wow. Because he paid for it already. I just thought about that, like just something bought already because we didn't pay for this. We didn't buy anything. The Lord did. Wow. We are his prize. And we wait with anticipation. Yes. I'll tell you, man, we got an order on on, on anything coming in. I'm like constantly, <laughs> is that for me? Is that for me? You but know? Even then, half, more than half the time, all those things are disappointing. <laughs> and it's funny you say that because the scripture that comes to mind is, you know, because I always, I think about Amazon, you know, and they'll let you know when they get there. Well, what does the Bible say? I stand at the door and I Behold. knock. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. You know, the Lord is knocking on the hearts of his people today. Letting them know, hey, like you said, I paid it all. It's covered. 
I'm coming and I'm coming for you. I'm coming for all those who believe in me. He's coming as a righteous judge, you know. And as a holy God. So let's not lose focus. Let's not lose focus on the promise as we see that this was all set up, the people of Israel, this was all set up by Pharaoh, but we know it was also demonic. We also know that these were things for political moves. There were things that it was used against God's people. So they would not unite. So they would not realize how much power was in unity. Let us not let the affairs of the world divide the church or, consume. or divide Christ because the Bible says, is Christ divided? No, he's not. We are to be one because in that is when we realize our true potential. We realize the power of, of the Holy Spirit in the body of Christ. It's like coming together in worship. There's just, just an amazing thing, coming together in church, coming together on this live stream today. It's just an amazing thing to have and realize the power of God within all of our hearts because it's not us. It's not what we can do. No, it's a matter of who our faith is in. And we, in that, we recognize how great and awesome and mighty our God is, yes. and he truly is. Yes. And we can be a people in that. I mean, man, there's just such a change that will come with it. But let's not be discouraged if, you know, there are things that go on and stuff like that. It'll happen. That's just, you know what? We see it here. But it doesn't change the fact that God is faithful to his promise. And let us continue to stay focused on the Lord. And let us remember this teaching today. Yeah. And let us put, lay aside our differences and all these different things that have divided us in the house of the Lord and, and you know, and, and all these different things. No, let's keep our eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ and recognize that he's in control of all. Let's be reminded and encouraged of this word today. And let's let the Lord examine our hearts so we can repent and realize, hey, Lord, okay, I got to watch out with these things. You're yeah, still in control, true. Lord. <laughs> gotta be watched. We have to remember that the, the war, the wage is against principalities and heavenlies. Amen. It's, it's against God's people, but we that battle line's been drawn, and the Lord fights that battle. Amen. And yes. he goes before us. So he we have a us. great hope and something mighty that, yes. that, what, that just keeps us believing and hope and alive that he is in control. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. He is in control. So... Thank you, Jesus, for this word tonight. Amen. Yes, amen. And uh, bring, you it know, to bring it to remembrance. Hey, feel free to go back and study it. Look at it, you know, for yourself as well. You know what? And, and uh, really look at what the Lord is doing in all of this. And I know that this is just part of the Lord teaching us through it all. Amen. Yes, amen. Amen. So we look forward to next Wednesday night's Bible study as well. We look forward to praying to the word of God this Friday. Look forward to this Sunday service as well. Amen. So. We're just excited for all that the Lord has. And uh, we love you guys, appreciate you guys. And uh, thank you for your prayers as we are praying for one another and believing the Lord as, uh, you know what, but as a, as a time drew near for the, you know, as a promise drew near, amen. So thank you, Lord, for that. <laughs> let's, let's stay focused on, on God and his faithfulness so, through it all. So if you have any prayer requests tonight, you know, feel free to put them here on the chat board. We do see you there, Brother Richard and Sister Julie there as well. And uh, we're glad you guys are able to join us as well and all those that are here with us tonight. But if you have any prayer requests, feel free to put them up there on the chat board. We're going to close up in a word of prayer. And, uh, and you know, and, and if you, it was called, uh, even if it's not in the chat, you know, as we said before, once we pray, give it to the Lord. You know, you pray there in your home. You take that time. Um, remember, like we talked about on Sunday, you know, let us not be like those. Now you do it. 
<laughs> you know. So uh, what's the call? We'll continue to pray on that. Pastor, how is your boss and your coworker with COVID? Uh, they're doing better. You know, they're starting to come back to work. The bo- are my boss is, you know, thank God he has no symptoms. He his only symptom right now is boredom. So, you know, he's stuck there. Um, we're little by little, we're getting more of our our, our employee, you know, the people back, um, you know, and uh, so thank God for that. You know, uh, me and Letty did come up negative. So we did, you know, we did have to do our testing as well. So praise the Lord for that. And uh, we're grateful to the Lord for that. Um, the other co-worker, you know, he's still feeling some, you know, some symptoms, stuff like that. And, uh, but uh, he should be back next week, but he's, he's coming through it as well. So praise the Lord for that. And, and uh, you know, so it's good to see them coming back, you know, um, some good reports. You know, one of them said his wife got it as well, him and his wife. And his wife only had the symptoms one day. She was good the next um, he had a he had a fever for about eight days, you know, but thankfully the Lord brought him through it and it broke. And, uh, you know, so we've just been hearing some good testimonies on that. So praise God for that. So amen. But we'll continue to lift them up in prayer as well. Uh, praise report, family member fever down and no restraints, no ventilator, only oxygen. Praise God for that. Amen. See, there's another praise report right there. And I know that we're going to continue to hear many praise reports and good news of yes. God's uh, uh, God's. Uh, grace and mercy and, and his healing goodness. his goodness amen in the land of the living. yes amen amen and, and you know it's affecting everyone you know but again we we know that our god is greater we know that he is uh, in control and uh we'll continue to just keep our eyes on the lord through it all you know but also lord give us the wisdom and discernment to to be wise through it all but praise god for that that is an mm-hmm. awesome testimony there amen so continue to keep bringing those praise reports continue to keep you know, sharing the word of God and just giving the Lord glory and praise and honor. And, uh, you know, there's a world that's listening today. Definitely a lot of people listening today, even if they look like they're not. (laughs) Amen. So let's come together in prayer. Well, Father, we just thank you this night, Lord. We give you the glory, the praise and the honor. We praise you, Lord Jesus. We glorify you. We worship you, Lord, for you are high and exalted, Lord Jesus. You are high and lifted up, Lord God. You are Lord of lords and you are King of kings, Lord God. You are the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last, Lord Jesus. And Lord, we are just so grateful tonight, Father God, because Lord, we're able to praise you. We're able to worship you. We're able to glorify you, Lord. We're able to look to you, Lord Jesus. And Father, tonight, we thank you, Father God, for this reminder, my God, that through it all, my God, you are in control, my God. So Father God, we just ask you tonight, Lord, that if we had lost a little bit of focus or at times when we do lose focus, my God, or when we're discouraged or when we're divided, Lord God, or any, in, in, in any way any way of these times, Father, Lord, we just ask you that we would have a willing heart to be open, Lord Jesus, to be able to self-examine, to see ourselves through your word, my God, and to come back to a place of repentance, Father God, that, Lord Jesus, we would not allow these things, Father God, as, as they weigh us down and we can become discouraged, but, Lord, we would be reminded through your word, my God, that, Father, it does not change your love, your grace, your mercy, your promises, Father, Lord Jesus, that, Father God, that you have in the relationship to your people and how faithful you are in this relationship, Father God, even when we fall, even when we fall so short, my God, but, Lord, we thank you you, Lord, because even in that, Lord Jesus, you are so patient and you always have that opportunity for us to repent, to turn to you, Father God, and to get back up, Father God, and to continue in that relationship with you, Father, and that you have equipped us and you have given us all that we need, Lord Jesus, to continue in that relationship with you, Father God, because it's all in your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, Father God. So we just thank you this night, Father God, 
We thank you, Lord Jesus, as Father God, we know that your return is soon, my God. And Father God, as we see, Lord Jesus, the signs of the times, we see your word, my God. We see all these things coming to pass and just things being set up, Lord. But Father, in the name of Jesus, even in that, my God, let us not focus so much on Father God, oh, when is it tomorrow? Is it No, let's just be ready, my God. Help us to be ready. Help us to be those, my God, that are continuing to share the word, continue to live as examples, continuing in that relationship, because in that relationship is life. And in that, my God, Lord, others have the opportunity to have that same life, Father God, as we are that example, as we are that light in the world, as we are the salt of the earth, my God, and as our words, my God, can be seasoned with salt, my Lord Jesus, that they may, others may know your love, my God, and come to know you, Lord Jesus, as a God who loves them, my God. So, Father, we just thank you this day. We give you all the praise and the glory and the honor for all the praise reports for the Father God, for the salvation, my God, for the healings, my God, for Father, for the, for the touch, my God, for the vision, my God, for Father God, Lord Jesus, for the encouragement through your word, my God, for the deliverances, my God, for Father God, uplifting those in depression and, 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 and Father God, oppression, my God, for Father God, for the life that we have in you, Lord, for the blood that washes away all our sins, my God. Father, thank you for the eternal life that we have in you. Thank you, Lord, that we can look to you, Lord Jesus, Father God, the author and the finisher of our faith, my God. And we just praise you this night, my God. Oh, we praise you this night. We praise you this night. We praise you this night, Lord God. Everything that is heavy upon our heart, every prayer request, my God, everything, Lord Jesus, my God, that we're looking at right now, Father God, in Jesus' name, we bring to you tonight in the name of Jesus, Lord God. Thanking you, Lord. We lay it at your feet tonight and we just praise you, Lord. We glorify you, Lord. You are worthy, Lord Jesus. You are holy, Lord. <coughs> and we just thank you this night, oh Heavenly Father. Oh, we praise you this night. Oh, we praise you this night. We lift up, Lord Jesus, all these things unto you. And we thank you, Lord, that you hear our prayers. We thank you that you are faithful to your word. We thank you that you are faithful to your promises. We thank you that all things are possible for you. Nothing is too hard for you, Lord God. We thank you, Lord, for your patience. We thank you for that long suffering. We thank you for your grace and your mercy, for your joy, for your strength, for your peace, for your comfort. We thank you for that touch, my God. We thank you for opening the eyes of the blind. We thank you for opening the ears of the deaf. We thank you, Father God, for opening the mouth of the mute. We thank you for changing those hearts of stone into hearts of flesh, my God. We thank you for those names written in the Lamb's book of life today, Lord God. We thank you, Lord. We praise you. We glorify you. Bless the Lord. We bless you this night, Father God. We praise your holy name along with all creation, Lord God. We praise you, Lord, for you are faithful, my God. As the stars are still in place, as the galaxies are still in place, as the sun and moon are still in place, as Father, the ocean are father God at their boundaries my God father we praise you we bless you my God as those that recognize my God there is nothing father God that goes on without your knowing that you're not in control of my God that is not subjected to you so father in the name of Jesus we thank you Lord Jesus oh that even the demons tremble at the name of Jesus and they are subject to you in the name of Jesus my God so father in 
Jesus name, Lord God. Though all those things may go on in this world, my God, but we know that you're greater. We know the God to whom we serve, to whom we belong to, Lord. The Lord of lords and the King of kings, my God. The name above all names. The name that has all power and authority. The name that there is life and salvation today. The name of Jesus, Lord God. Oh, we praise you. We praise you, Lord Jesus. We bless you, Lord God. Oh, we thank you, Lord Jesus, my God. Oh, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for all the answered prayers. We thank you for hearing our prayers. We thank you for answering them according to your will and according to your purpose, my God. And we thank you for the peace and comfort through them all, my God, because we know that you are faithful and true, my God. Oh, we thank you, Lord Jesus, my God, that through it all, my God, your promises are faithful, my God. Oh, yes, Lord Jesus, we thank you this night, Lord God. And Father, we thank you, Lord Jesus, that Father God, as we walk in those promises, my God, that no matter what takes place, the trials, the tribulations, the refinement, but we know it's all your work, my God, and you are faithful to bring your people through. We praise you this night, oh, Heavenly Father. We glorify you and we bless your holy name, O Lord. And we thank you for this time, Lord, as we are encouraged, as we are blessed this night. And Father, as our hearts are even revealed this night, Lord, but we thank you for your mercy, for your grace, and for your peace, my God. Oh, we thank you this night, O Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Will you continue to be that light in this world? You continue to allow the Lord to use you in the giftings and the callings and the anointing of the Lord in your life. And just know that you're a representation of the one who preserves life. Amen. And you're part of that promise that others see today that there is still hope. There is still life. There is still joy. There is still peace. There is a God who loves greater than any love. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. We love you guys. (laughs) We'll see you soon. Have a good night. Have a good night.